freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 382 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the 2022 Arizona primaries, and our guest is Matt Salmon. Matt is the the front runner in the Arizona, I can't say that word, Arizona (laughs) governor race. Matt had previously served in both the Arizona State Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. In his previous elected positions, Matt earned a reputation for standing on principle and challenging the status quo ultimately becoming a co-founder of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus along with leaders like Jim Jordan, Ron DeSantis, Mark Meadows, and Mick Mulvaney. Go ahead. (laughs) During his time in Congress, Matt earned awards for being Defender of Liberty, for being the taxpayer hero from Citizens Against Government Waste. Welcome back to the show, Matt Salmon. Thanks, Cheryl and Dan. Appreciate it very much. Well, we are excited to hear we had you on, I think it was fairly early when the gubernatorial race just started. And so we are fast approaching that finish line of August 22nd. This is the year 2022. Um, Do you feel like you've had the opportunity for voters to know who you are and what it is you want to do? Or is there still work to be done between now and August? I've been, I think, doing a really, really good job on the grassroots stuff. But as you probably both know, uh, you can spend 24-7 and still reach only a fraction of the people that vote. I've probably given over 400 speeches in the last year. And I've covered every square inch of Arizona many times. uh, And... You know, so on a grassroots level, yes, um, with the masses, uh, I'm running against some really wealthy candidates that are uh, putting a lot of money on the air and I I can't do that. So we have to run the more traditional way with grassroots and getting our message out like this. Um, We are doing television ads that started last week, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not married to a very, very wealthy person. I'm just a regular guy and I'm trying to run a a race, uh, you know, based on that. Absolutely. And I know that uh, the field is, it's got to be challenging, right? Because there is a, a candidate out there that, you know, that's really the most thing that I know about that candidate is that she is quite wealthy or her husband is quite wealthy. And so, um, you know, other than that message, I'm not sure that uh, we know as much about her as we, we might otherwise, but I she, appreciate. 
she's letting you know on TV what she stands for. The difference is, Cheryl and I, Dan, I, I say this to everybody that wants to listen, is that I ask the question, how many times have you been lied to by a candidate? And everybody in the room starts to chuckle. Yeah. And I say, well, that obviously many times, what's the best way to predict what a candidate is going to do? And invariably, multiple people blurt out whatever their record is. You know, what have they done in the past? Um, and neither of my opponents have ever cast a single vote on anything. I've cast so many votes to protect the Second Amendment, I stopped counting. And my opponents talk a good game, but there's no proof that they will be what they say they are because they've never, ever, ever cast a vote, never done anything publicly in any way, shape, or form. And it's a risk. Mm -hmm. And I like when Ted Cruz came out to endorse me in uh, December, he said, Governor is so important, you can't afford to just have somebody parachute in that's giving you talking points. I want to see their battle scars. Mm. I want to see a candidate that's actually been proven in the conservative field of battle. And the only guy in this race that I can see has those uh, credentials is Matt Salmon. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I went to an event a couple of days ago, just friends, and I asked the gentleman, I said, so what do you think of Matt Salmon? And uh, he goes, you know what? Look at his record. Mm -hmm. Just look at his record mm -hmm. for guns. He's the guy. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe him, you know, that that's what we need is somebody that can prove their track record. Right. Right. Otherwise it's just about campaign slogans and <clears throat> talking points. And everybody sees the same polling information about what conservatives are concerned about. And so they can just, you know, regurgitate those uh, for the public. But the proof is in the pudding. And it's kind of like that old movie, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Show me what you've done. Mm -hmm. show, me, show me a track record of actually doing what you say you're going to do. One of the candidates I'm running against not only can't show that, you know, she's never cast a vote on anything, well, except for, you know, for Obama. Uh, and, and there's a big difference. I mean, it's like, okay, maybe she's repented and is a different human being, but shouldn't she have to prove it somewhere first? before she mm. becomes governor of Arizona. Mm. I mean, that, that is a, a compelling point that you bring up. And, you know, I want to say that the, the person that Danny was chatting up about you wasn't just any Joe Schmo, although the, what he said was, was very factual and could have come out of anyone's mouth that, yeah, if you've got a record, we should consider that. But it was the president of knife rights, Doug Ritter. Oh yeah. And, you know, that is the other arm of the Second Amendment's battle that Big people time. don't think about often enough is that arms is the only thing mentioned in our Constitution, state or federal, and knives are arms. Yep. And uh, but for the grace of the work that the knife rights people are doing, uh, we would have a lot worse laws on the books across the nation when it comes to to knife possession and knife ownership. And so for Doug and his awesome wife, Sue, who introduced us personally, and I still am indebted to her for that, um, for their unwavering support for you. I think that is, that is, I mean, talk about compelling that that's, they don't just throw their uh, opinions around loosely. They, they have to truly believe them. There are not two better people I know um, in Arizona than Doug and Sue Ritter. And I've been very, very engaged with Doug on knife rights for many, many years as well. And uh, actually carried legislation when I was in Congress uh, for knife rights. But, um, you know, and, and other things, you know, I was uh, one of the 
co-sponsors of the National Reciprocity Act uh, when I was in Congress. Um, I actually was the brain trust behind the uh, Hearing Protection Act. That was my bill. And uh, we, we came up with it and uh, pushed it and I'm still pushing it. And it makes all the sense in the world. It is, it's mufflers, people. It's a muffler for your gun. Why is this something that's controversial? So, I, I will never understand it, Matt. So and, Matt, and tell me any crime that's been committed with a suppressor. Right. Unless right. you're gonna beat them over the head with it, I don't know. Right. <laughs> so you've been on the trail and you've been talking to a lot of people and what do you think is the biggest issue that the citizens of Arizona are wanting to get resolved? I think far and away, uh, number one issue is border. Uh, mm. People are sick and tired of seeing all the criminal activity happening at the border, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the drug trafficking, the fentanyl, the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, gun running. And uh, they're sick and tired of excuses and you know, for state leaders to basically point the finger and say, well, Washington has to do that. I, I'm a believer that you know, when you're the chief executive of the state, you, you need to put a placard on your desk like Harry Truman did that says the buck stops here. And you need to stop pointing fingers and you, you need to just get stuff done. We need to start building that wall again ourselves. And we need to make sure that our borders are secure. And if they're not, we need to make sure that we're arresting people that are coming across our state and breaking in our trespass laws and send a clear message to the cartels. We're not going to put up with it anymore. And so that's why I, I introduced a, a plan called Copper Shield, where I'm going to call a special session on day one as governor and uh, ask the legislature to uh, pass a, a measure uh, calling, uh, delineating the, uh, the, the cartels as a terrorist organization. I think that'll open up some doors for us. And then also uh, appropriating some dollars so that uh, I'm 200 million actually, uh, 140 of that is gonna go for 1200 armed national guard down at the border uh, as a virtual human wall. And, uh, and then uh, change our laws on our criminal trespass. This is what governor Abbott told me they did in Texas. And we need to do the same thing in Arizona. Also, the border sheriffs have told me the same thing so that we can start arresting people that violate criminal trespass and putting them in jail. And mm -hmm. the border sheriffs have said, we don't have enough money for jail space. So I said, fine, we'll front the money for Joe Arpaio like 10 cities and we'll go ahead and incarcerate them uh, if they don't uh, choose to go across, back across the border immediately. And uh, when they get out, we'll escort them to the border and push them across anyway. Does the, does the governor have influence with the sheriff's department to yes. make them enforce laws? You can't. I mean, it, it, it's going to be a, 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 a you know, symbiotic relationship. But um, yes, we can pass laws that require them to take action. But I got to tell you, the border sheriffs in Yuma and uh, Cochise, they're phenomenal. Uh, you know, Leon Wilmot uh, in Yuma and uh, Mark Daniels in Sierra Vista. Uh, and they're ready and able to work with me from day one. Awesome. Yeah. And so, and I'm also talking about uh, out of that 200 million, sending 50 million to the border sheriffs and the county border attorneys to assist them in, in arresting and prosecuting. That's very good. So let's switch over to uh, gun rights, um, safety, security. People I think are so... Uh, heightened in their awareness right now of all of those kinds of issues. 
we're having uh, all these hearings happening at the federal level. Now you're going to be a state governor. You, the federal level is a, a whole different bag of tricks, right? <laughs> but but we're having these these um, hearings going on where you know they're getting ready to pass, and and the House has already passed these sweeping um, gun laws that make no sense whatsoever as far as actually keeping people safe, as far as uh, Dan and I are concerned. Um, we're hearing our own governor float the idea once again about red flag laws. Uh, and those are basically just a very carefully concealed gun confiscation scheme. Uh, you know, they, they hold up mentally um, unwell people in front of you and say, this is why we're doing red flag laws. And it's really not about that because the only way they're helping people that are mentally unwell is to confiscate their property, confiscate their firearms. That makes no sense. But I do want to get your take on, on a myriad of these things. And then also talk about school safety, which is something you so much to your credit. And I so appreciate reached out and, and talked to me about because it's a program that I'm very deeply involved in to help protect school called Faster Saves Lives. Okay. So dive in on any of those that you, you want to, and let's kind of work through them. So first and foremost, uh, Cheryl, you know, as, as governor, I believe in the ninth and the 10th amendments to the constitution. I also believe that the governor has the right and the responsibility when the federal government does something that they believe is unconstitutional to stand up and say, that's not gonna be enforced in my state. Case in point, great sheriff, Sheriff Mack. Uh, in, yes, Richard uh, Mack. Yeah, Richard Mack uh, in, in uh, Graham County uh, back in the 90s, uh, who stood up and said, Graham County will not be enforcing the Brady Act uh, and went all the way to the Supreme Court and Sheriff Mack won. I believe we're on solid constitutional grounds, but I'm gonna say this right now, here and now, if uh, Biden, is able to get something through the Congress uh, that adds uh, unconstitutional uh, confiscation uh, to the mix or any unconstitutional measures on the Second Amendment, I will proudly pro proclaim as governor of Arizona that is not going to be enforced in Arizona. And I will awesome. fight them tooth and nail. Fantastic. Um, now that I, I just sent out a, a Instagram today and it had a picture of the American flag and I said, what about uh, shall not be infringed, don't you understand? Um, and you know, the, to me, the second amendment is very clear. Mm -hmm. There is no room for interpretation and shall not be infringed, shall not be infringed. And we need to live by that. And, and uh, so any of these proposed laws that infringe on our second amendment rights, I will uh, stand up and fight against. Uh, and that includes red flag laws. I appreciate and, that. And the, and, the, and, the, and the reason is because I believe that the Constitution is as relevant today as it was when it was penned. And I don't believe I, it's a slippery slope you get on when you say, yeah, but if. Um, I'm, I, I would do the same thing on any of the, amend, the amendments in the Bill of Rights. I will stand up for the Constitution. End of story. I appreciate that. And here in Arizona, you know, I talk nationally so much that, that my brain, you know, tends to go right to our U.S. Constitution, where the Second Amendment says, you know, shall not be infringed. But here in Arizona, we have, is it uh, Title II, Article 26, that says shall not be impaired. Right. right. And, you know, the distinction of the word impaired even has 
I think, stronger implications. Oh, yeah. That, that you know, it, it no means no. At some point, can we just agree that no means no? Yeah, I mean, what if you, you started saying on like on the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution? Yeah, but we got all this crime. So, so we should be water down the unlawful search and seizure thing. Or this person, you know, uh, that's been commit, uh, that's been accused of this crime. It's so serious. Uh, he, he shouldn't have the right under the Fifth Amendment to not self-incriminate. Uh, or, you know, I, I mean, it could go down any of the amendments. Or it's because, and, and we are on slippery slopes here, but the idea that, well, this idea, uh, you know, you can't be talking about that in the American public, and, and therefore we're going to go ahead and infringe upon their freedom of speech. Or we don't like this per person's particular religious beliefs, and so we're going to go ahead and compromise on that. Anytime that you compromise any of the Bill of Rights, you're compromising the whole thing. Yeah. How do you stand up against the government, though? I mean, from the US, the federal government, that's, it's got to be, what do you do? Well, I think uh, as you go back to what Sheriff Mack did in the 90s, number one, you follow Nancy Reagan's advice and just say no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stand up and say, it's not going to happen in my state. Sorry. And, mm -hmm. and then let the, you know, let the court battle begin. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm a big believer <laughs> that we finally have a Supreme Court that understands the Constitution, is willing to enforce the Constitution, including the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments to the Constitution. And so I'm, I'm ready uh, to fight that fight. And honestly, that's the biggest single reason that I'm running for governor, because I've given up on the idea that Washington will ever change and that our freedoms are ever going to be magically restored by that place. And I believe that if we're going to get back on a freedom fest in this country, if we're going to get back to the freedoms that we love, it's going to take some brave souls at the state level that are willing to stand up and fight back. One of the things that I did when I was in Congress was I, I helped found the Freedom Caucus for the U.S. House, and you mentioned that in your introduction. I want to do the same thing for governors, and I know the first phone calls I'm going to make. I'm going to call DeSantis, who was my closest friend when I was in the House. I'm going to call Christy Nome, who I served with when I was in the House. I'm going to call Greg Abbott. I'm going to call Kevin Stitt, and we're going to form a nucleus of states. And and like you said, Dan, how do you stand up to the federal government? Well. First, it just takes one person being bold. Then you see some other people being bold. And pretty soon, it's not just one state standing up. It's multiple states standing up and saying, you know what? That guy's right. And we're standing up for our states too. Absolutely. But it takes somebody to start that avalanche. And I'm willing to do that. So remember when we had a 50 mile, 55 mile an hour speed limit? Yep, I and, sure do. And that was federally enforced. Right. And then, and then there's some states that said, you know what, we're not doing the 55. Right. And then they, they find, they, what did they do? They withheld, withheld money. money or whatever they do. Could we survive without government? They, money? Did it, they did it until they realized that the power was too strong, uh, you know, within the states. And look, if they withhold money by asking us to do something that we believe is unconstitutional, and I believe acting state, asking the states to do things the federal government has no purview over is unconstitutional. And I think the only alternative we have is to push back and say, wait a minute, you took our money from us in the first place, and now you're giving it back to us with conditions? Right. I'm, right. Not, I'm not putting up with that. No, I'm going to fight you on it, and I'm going to fight you all the way to the Supreme Court. I think we're on good, good solid ground. Awesome. I agree. And we have to be fiscally solid in the first place. 
uh, in order to be able to do that. You know, if we were California, who's bankrupt, how many times over probably by now, you know, right. they, they absolutely can't do without that government help, uh, that federal government help. And I think that, you know, Arizona is in a good place right now that we'd be able to kind of do the, you know, like, uh, nice, I, I think, nice I try, but I think we're good. We're sitting on a $5 billion surplus. And there were states, remember back uh, a few years ago when our uh, legislators all got their panties in a wad about, uh, you know, the, getting the federal uh, money uh, for um, uh, healthcare through access, Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And we had to expand it uh, to certain population over poverty in order to qualify for the money. And a lot of states said, we're not doing it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Arizona wasn't one with the guts to do that. Yeah. Um, and they sold out under a, a Republican governor or a Republican legislator legislature that cut deals with, it was almost all Democrat votes and a few sellout Republicans and a sellout Republican governor uh, that gave us that in the first place. Yeah, that is so frustrating. And Arizona seems to be almost famous for uh, hiring with our votes rhinos. I mean, I, I, I apologize for using the phrase, but you know, Republicans in name only, people who say one thing and then act in a different way, who say they're part of, of, of a constitutionally based conservative minded party, and then they do these other things that are the opposite. And it is so frustrating as a citizen and as a voter, because we don't know until it's too late. We don't know until they're already in office, you know, how they're going to behave. Even, even people with a record, we don't really know until we know. So how do, what, what is we, a voter supposed to do, Matt? Well, again, if you're voting for somebody that's never developed any kind of record and you're just trusting, uh, you know, trust me, this is what I'm going to do. I think that's a horribly bad strategy. You know, uh, the voters in California did that with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and he ended up being not anywhere near as conservative as he promised in the campaign. Same thing with Jesse Ventura in Minnesota. We got darn lucky with Donald Trump. Um, and, and luck is not a strategy. No. <laughs> Banking on luck is not a strategy. And, you know, um, these other two folks that I'm running against, their backgrounds, they've never been out fighting for conservative causes in their whole life. And now suddenly, because there's an opening for governor, now they want to be conservative. It sounds a little bit more like political opportunism to me than actually wanting to fight for conservative principles. Yeah, and a person with no experience in politics, how can they know that they can get these things done? Well, you know, they can say they can, but how do they know that point. they can and do being, that? And, and being a CEO of a company, um, you bark orders at your subordinates and they, they do what you tell them to do. It doesn't work that way. When you're working with the state legislature, you got to convince them of your ideas and you got to work with them. We, we, we work in a separation of powers. That's the constitutional way, both in the state and the federal constitution. The state legislature is the only entity that can pass laws. Now, the governor can sign them or veto them, but he can't pass laws. Governor can't appropriate money either. Any of these priorities that you're talking about, you need a governor that knows what they're doing, knows how to get things done in the political realm. And if, you, if they don't, they're just barking up the wrong tree. And with all the serious issues that we face as a state, with the border, with our schools, with uh, our economy, uh, being what it is, the inflation, what it is, 
and, and with the water situation in this state, can we just really afford to roll the dice and hope? No. Well, and then you're talking really about relationship building and coalition building. Um, how do you think you will fare with um, one thing with your very strong conservative record dealing with and interacting with and bringing, trying to work across the aisle and bring on board people from the other side of the aisle? How, how do you feel like that's going to go? Because this climate is so divisive. It is. Uh, I think it's it like nothing we've but, ever but, seen. But you pick your issues and, uh, you know, like on water, it's not really a partisan issue. And, um, you know, when I was in Congress, my congressional district was right next to Kirsten Cinemas. We did a lot of stuff together and got a lot of things accomplished. Now, we're, there were things that we just disagreed on, but we worked on things that we agreed <clears> on, we got them done. And that's what an effective leader does, figures out where to find the support and how to get it done. And depending on what issue you're talking about, you know, you, you have a different strategy almost for every one. Mm -hmm. But you are in no compromise for our constitution. Is that correct? Zero compromise when it comes to the constitution. Okay. Zero. That's, that's what we need. We need that in governors, politicians. We need that in law enforcement. We need zero compromise for our constitution. That's what's going to make America great again. I, think I so. totally agree. And, and, Honestly, if our, if our people in Washington would only adhere to the 17 enumerated powers in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, the budget would be balanced by next Tuesday. Um, wow. they, are, they are doing so many unconstitutional things. And it's going to require the states to stand up and say, you know what, we're not taking it anymore. We're not just going to let you run over us. We're willing to stand up and fight for our people's freedom. Mm -hmm. There are politicians that don't even understand the Constitution, though admittedly a governor mm -hmm. in new jersey says the constitution's above his pay grade yeah Bill so why you know he's our favorite he, yeah not if you don't understand the constitution you have no business running right. as a public servant in our constitutional republic yeah. so Thank matt you. what do you do when when a bill becomes before you that you don't understand i mean i just like to know how the how government works so you're sitting there and you got this bill and it may be on digits and you just don't understand what they do. What do you do to, to help you understand that? I probably would first go to the people that sponsored the legislation to begin with and sit down with them and say, you know, what's going on? And I know a lot of governors feel like that's beneath them. Oh, I'm up in my ivory tower here on the ninth floor. I don't interact with them. Well, that's crap. I, I, I believe we're partners. And we all work together for the benefit of this great republic. And we all are public servants and not lord and master. And so I intend to roll up my sleeves and have a really good relationship with our state legislators, having been one myself. Um, and so I would first go to the sponsors of the legislation. I would also do a lot of research, uh, you know, reading up on it to find out exactly what it's about. And I'd probably go to the proponents and the opponents of the bill and ask them for their sides. What, tell me why you're for this. And I'd ask the opponent and tell me what your opponents were going to tell me. And then I'd go vice versa. And I would look at it from all angles. Nice. So the reason I bring that up, like the red flag law to a non-educated person, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. Until you really understand and dig into what causes, what effects it causes, you, you think that, oh, this is a good, feel good thing. And we have so many laws that they're trying to put on the books 
that are gun related that are just feel good laws that don't solve anything. And unless you can dig deep into it, how do you know? That's, That's for sure. And, and, you know, you've got to understand it from every angle. First and foremost, I'm going to always default, like I told you before, to the Constitution. And the Constitution is clear, shall not be infringed. I get that. But second of all, when you even start looking at the pros and cons of even if the Constitution wasn't appropriate, wasn't applicable in this case, um, then would this even be a good idea on its merits? The idea that, um, that uh, you, you know, in domestic, uh, uh, you know, disputes uh, and custody battles and things like that, all kinds of things are said. And I've seen it time and time again, Child Protective Services, which is now Department of Children's Services, excuse me, and um, people, you know, say that their spouse is an abuser of the children, but it's because they're angry because they're getting divorced. And it's not always as cut and dry as it seems. Right. And, exactly. and crushing somebody's uh, uh, constitutional rights, um, you know, on a whim like this, just it, 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 it's, a, it's a really slippery slope. Sure. It really is. It, it so is. Um, can we uh, come back around to like the school safety issue because this horrible murder murderer that committed murders in uvalde texas um just a week or so ago a couple weeks ago he went to the most vulnerable of us he went to school children that couldn't possibly defend themselves and he was for whatever reason left in this school there were police on hand within minutes. The help was there. There was help on the other side of a, a window pane, right? On the other side of a wall and yet no help at all. And that's not an indictment against all police officers. I'm not saying anything like that, but whatever happened in this instance, and we still don't know all the details. Uh, things keep changing a little bit every time I get a news report, but um, that is top of mind for a lot of teachers, a lot of parents, Right. What happens when our kids go to school? What security measures are in place and how fast can help be implemented? Um, the, as the governor of a state, you know, you have some uh, influence over these kinds of things. Sure. What, what do you say about that issue? Well, first of all, Cheryl, no parent should have to drop their kids off in the morning wondering if they're going to see them at the end of the day. Um, I have nine grandchildren. Eight of them live within a mile of me either way. They're all in the public schools in Arizona. Uh, my little granddaughter in Utah is in the public schools there in Utah. If there was anybody that had a vested interest in this, it's me. Mm -hmm. um, and I want you to know that my heart does go out uh, to, to parents everywhere. And so I, 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 I would focus on the safety of the schools and I've talked about it from two ways. One of the things that you and I talked about is the FASTER program, which by the way, uh, the governor of, o of Ohio is going to be signing into law uh, a measure that was passed in the Ohio legislature, which is very similar to what I would like to get in the Arizona legislature. I would like to be signing that law next year, first thing. Hint, hint, um, I like it. <laughs> I love it. But it, it basically empowers teachers to be able to protect the children and not just any teachers, but you know, people that are willing uh, to go through the rigorous training that is necessary to become certified to be able to protect the children in both uh, 
uh, both in uh, first aid uh, as well as uh, uh, weapons training and tactical training. Um, we did that uh, after 9-11 with uh, the pilots in the cockpits and it was a brilliant idea and the pilots wanted to do it and it hasn't had an incident since and it's, it's been a great idea. So I've talked about doing the same kind of thing here in Arizona with the FASTER program. Um, honestly, as you and I have spoke and I've spoken to some of the people that uh, do the FASTER program in Ohio and the people that actually started it, uh, the, the training is more rigorous than even some of our law enforcement get. And not everybody qualifies. If you don't qualify, you don't get certified. You have to qualify. You have to go through the testing. You have to be able to prove that you're good. And if you can't do that, you don't have the ability to, you know, to protect the children. So um, I just think that's really important. Um, also, there's a program in Sierra Vista and Cochise County called ALICE, where they've mm -hmm. come in and trained the kids not to just be um, targets, mm -hmm. uh, but to push back. And um, Mark Downs was telling me about it when I was there a couple of weeks ago. I think a combination of both of those things would be a really good thing. Also, mm -hmm. I want every school to have a school resource officer. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that uh, uh, we should have uh, our schools um, set up to where there is only one uh, way in and it's, and, and it's guarded and locked and that there are multiple ways out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you become governor, whoever becomes governor, there is already support. I've been uh, meeting as the, uh, because I'm the president of the AZCDL Foundation. I've been meeting with uh, several state representatives. I've got a meeting set up with several senators next week, and right. they are about this training. And so you would already have a coalition in place on day one. So that's I wish exciting. they were talking about this right now because we shouldn't have to wait. I know. Until next year. It should be, it, we should be pursuing this this year. And if I were governor right now, I'd be yes. calling a special session to deal with it right now. I'm going to say we're not moving anywhere until this is done. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your, your passion for it, your attention to it, uh, your support of, of FASTER. And Alice is good too. Alice is just completely, <coughs> no, no firearms right. uh, training right. involved. And, you know, it, uh, if we're doing anything more than what we're doing now, it's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in fact, just, just, uh, Operating as sitting ducks is not a good strategy. No, no. And please yeah. do something about when the law enforcement get there to be able to go in right then. Well, I know that Arizona has that. Yes. Yeah, but they sit and wait for minutes. And I don't know. Well, the kids can bleed out. Even yes. kids that have already been shot, uh, you know, if they don't get triage immediately, uh, you know, they, they could pass away. Lives could be saved. Lives are saved with speed. Yes. And that's why we need people in the schools that don't even have to wait for the law enforcement to get there that can quickly engage. And, you know, as well as I do, when we passed the, uh, the uh, concealed carry uh, laws in Arizona, crime went, violent crime went down because thugs didn't know who was packing. And I think that the same thing would happen if you don't know what teacher has been authorized to defend their students, lethally defend their students, um, I think you're going to see a difference uh, in the way things are happening in this state. Boy, exactly. And, you know, I don't think we can emphasize enough what you were saying about, you know, the, the criteria is so high to get certification right. and the vetting is highly intense. 
you know, they're vetting for mindset, they're vetting for heart set, and they're vetting for, you know, firearms proficiency and the firearms uh, training part is higher than what we ask our law enforcement to qualify with. So the qualifications are extremely high and it is. And the betting is impeccable and the betting is impeccable. You're not going to have some, uh, some screwball uh, getting, getting uh, authorized to do this. It, exactly. it, it, it's going to be a good process. Exactly. And, and it's not like any teacher is going to be asked to do it against no. their will. Totally voluntary. Totally voluntary. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's a great program. And I encourage everybody to look it up and thank you again for, for reaching out to, to ask me for, for some of well, the, thank you for being so accessible because you gave me all kinds of leads immediately. I spent that whole day on the phone talking to different people and uh, and I'm really excited about this. This will make a difference in the security of our children. It will make a big difference. Amen. I agree. All right. So just so we start wrapping up a little bit, uh, what do you want to leave our audience knowing about you and why you are uniquely qualified to be one of our 50 governors across the nation? Uh, and when they go into that voting booth, whether they're voting from home and mailing it in, that they check the box for Matt Salmon. First of all, I love this state with all my heart. Uh, this is where I raised my four children. This is where I'm raising the bulk of my grandchildren. And uh, I want it to be really, really successful. I want everything to work the way it should. I want to protect our freedoms more than anything else. Arizona is one of the best places to raise a family and uh, one of the best places for freedom and opportunity. I want to keep it that way. Uh, I, I worry about what's happening with the, uh, the pressures from uh, the federal government to try to make every state like California and one size fits all. And I, I think we need people to stand up and fight for their individualism and, and for the things that they care about. I'm willing to do that. And I have a proven record of actually having done all the things that say I'm going to do. And so you don't have to hope and pray with me. You can know that you're getting somebody that actually means what they say. When I promised to serve so many terms and come home, I did. I fulfilled my promise, even, even though I would have liked to have stayed longer, but I gave my word. And I don't give my word without thinking very seriously about it. I don't break my word. And I also want you to know that um, when I become governor, uh, this state, uh, I, I've already told Ron DeSantis this. Uh, he's not going to be the most conservative governor anymore in, our, in, in America. It's going to be a, a Matt Salmon. Uh, and, and he's a great friend and we'll have a good, uh, wonderful competition going forward. But uh, I, I, I do believe that Arizona's best days are yet ahead, but it won't come without electing the right people and fighting to preserve this great government, the constitutional government that we have. Um, by the way, our constitutional republic is the government of the people. So you don't like what's going on in your government, fingers point back at you. Let's elect the right people and get out there to help them and guide them so that, and hold their feet to the fire so they do the things that we expect them to do. Um, my website is mattsalmon, M-A-T-T-S-A-L-M-O-N-F-O-R-A-Z.com. I'm asking for your vote on August 2nd. I'm asking you to put a sign in your front yard Get on our uh, website, sign up. I'm asking you if you're willing to contribute some money. I'm running against some really rich people and uh, we need to get our message out there and we need help. And uh, I'm asking you to tell your friends and your neighbors why you're voting for me. Thank you.
Fantastic. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. I know this is such a extra busy time as we're getting so close to the primaries, but uh, we really appreciate you. And um, we hope to have you back on again soon, um, perhaps wearing your new title as governor of Arizona. Sounds great to me. Thank you so much, Cheryl and Dan. Appreciate Thank it you. Fantastic. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, Matt. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Well, refreshing. Yes. You yes. know, I, I just look at, you know, the government, he, he, he mentioned something at the very end there. He said the government is trying to get all these states to change. Mm -hmm. And you look at California, you know, to comply. So if they can get all the states to comply, then they can get the people to comply. Right. And, and that's all they want. Right. And so look at Nevada. Nevada used to be a conservative state and look at it now. It's right. running. It's almost like California. Right. And it, it, there's a lot of people in Nevada that are hurting from it. Mm -hmm. And I just talked to a gentleman today. Mm -hmm. He, I said, why did you move to uh, Utah? He moved to a town just on the border. I can't think of the name of the town right now. I said, why did you move there? He said, my kids live in Nevada, mm -hmm. in Vegas. Mm -hmm. I said, well, why didn't you move to Vegas? He said, I, I want to keep my rights. Yeah. And so he's driving 90 miles wow. to go into Nevada to see his family, but he won't live there because they're too much like California. I like that place that comes to mind is St. George. It is St. George. St. John's. St. George. St. George. Yeah. St. George. And it's, it's right on the border. Beautiful place. It's beautiful place. And he said that everybody in St. George is gun friendly and conservative and super refreshing. So, you know, we shouldn't have to move from our state mm -hmm. because other people are moving here to make changes. Yeah. And we're seeing, we saw a big spike of a change if the elections were correct. Mm. That's a whole different right? show. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so we have to fight to keep what we have here and it's going to take people with a record mm. to make sure that that stays that way. Well, he is always very enjoyable to talk to. He knows so much of the history of our state. Um, he has made an investment, Matt Salmon has, in our state, uh, both while he was at, at the federal level. He was in the U.S. House of Representatives. He was um, at the state level in the state Senate. Um, he has been very close. He has very close ties to the people um, who are working on uh, Second Amendment issues, right. gun rights issues. And um, so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting to watch how the election plays out because firearms rights, gun rights, personal, individual liberties are on the ballot right now. Right. The conversation mostly is happening federally, you know, nationally, but what we do in our states, clearly, as it's we've not just on a ballot, it's on like a moral so, ballot too. It's so true. And, you know, there's, we can't get tricked by these feel good, but do bad right. laws. Right. Like and they make us, make us feel like we're the villain right. when, but you made a mistake earlier and you, you said trick. Now, earlier you said the government's bag of tricks mm -hmm. it's not a bag of tricks Cheryl. <laughs> it's a bag of poop it's a bag of poop I, I well you heard it here yeah on gun they don't have Radio, a bag folks. of tricks they have a bag of poop 
Oh man, I'm telling you, it's a mess. And I keep hearing this phrase being used more and more about the uniparty, right? Like we really, they used to say, well, uh, the left wing and the right wing are two wings of the same bird. And that was kind of bad enough, but now we've got this, when the implication is that, you know, they all kind of really believe the same things, but talk out of the no, sides of their mouth. it's a completely different animal. But now this uniparty where, you know, there are supposed Republican um, senators and I believe House uh, representatives in the House who are willing to compromise, like they'll use the word compromise, like it's a good thing, yeah. right? In this case, when you are compromising on what people fought, bled, starved, and died to secure, right? The, the opportunity to write our roadmap, our U.S. Constitution, how dare you feel like you, in your lifetime, in your uh, time in office, have the right to compromise on their work. How dare no. you? Is I, mean, compromising I, I cannot say that in, in strong no. enough terms that that is so wrong. It is so insulting. And you need to get your heart right with Jesus. And you need to read the constitution again. And you need to look at that oath that you took. I'm talking to every elected official. Right. They take the same oath. And you do not have the right to compromise. Well, they want to compromise because then they get whatever they get. Yeah. They're, they're willing to compromise our, our, uh, our rights right. to get what they want, Yeah, which that's, it's bull. It's, it's bull. It's, I, I don't think compromise is in there, is it? No. The bag of boo, bull. Bag of poop. Okay. We've said it four times now. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't even know where I was going with what I was saying. You were going to, I'm the sweetest guy you ever met. You are the sweetest guy I've ever met. That's and that you just can't believe it. You can't years. believe it. And that everything's cool. Everything's cool. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to start playing Barry White here in a minute if we keep this up. All right, we got to get out of here. But um, thank you so much to our guest today, Matt Salmon, wishing him the best in his uh, campaign. Uh, Thank you so much to our amazing listeners all over the globe. I know we're talking about one gubernatorial candidate in one state in the United States, but the things, the principles that we're talking about here are universal. Right. And um, we appreciate our listeners for understanding that and not you either. Going, oh, I don't know who this Matt Salmon guy is. I'm going right. to tune out. Or you're either going to lose it. About what happens in Arizona, I'm going to tune out. Right. You're either going to lose it or have lost it yeah. and so you need to need to watch Super absolutely cool. absolutely so thank you so much to our awesome listeners wherever we have internet wherever you have internet you are tuning in whether it's uh the audio only or whether it's on video and you can go and check out all of the videos that we've ever posted um at the youtube channel or gun streamer which is the more uh you know, First Amendment friendly version of YouTube uh, or on the smartphone OpsLens app. And when you go to those places, please subscribe and hit the notifications button because that not only does that keep you up to date in the moment when we post something, but it also signals to those platforms that the work we're doing is valuable. 
and valued. And so it matters to the algorithms and all of that. And we so appreciate if you'll do that. And if you want to listen to the audio only version, because maybe you're out for a long bike ride or taking the family on a drive down to the beach for the summer or something like that, go to our website. It is gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on-demand tab and... Binge listens to your heart content, darling. And if you want to see photos and bios of all of the guests that we've ever had on, please click the guest tab. It it is a tremendous resource of subject matter experts. And when you spend time, we don't hate that. Pardon me. I'm a little horse. I'm getting a little more horse as this uh, hour goes on. I've always wanted a little horse. A little horse. Yeah. But we've, uh, it's allergy time here in Arizona. Holy cow, it's craziness. Yeah, something's got to happen in 110 degrees. Yeah, you'd think it would kill everything, but the wind kicks up and brings all the dust and stuff with it. But at any rate, thank you so much to um, each and every one of you. When you take these conversations that we have around your dinner table and into your carpool and to your uh, kids' soccer uh, team practice, the, you know, you chat with other parents on the sideline, those kinds of things, that is everything because it helps people understand that we don't all just live in the same bubble and we don't all just think the same thoughts that the news pumps out, that there are lots and lots of, of nuanced ideas out there. And, and that, uh, you know, we don't have to just all stand in line and march to the same tune. All right. Well, until next time we are going to Pray for our world, our nation. Absolutely, our world and our nation. Pray for the people who have been entrusted as leaders in leadership positions, right? Even the ones you don't like, maybe especially the ones you don't like. Mm, Okay. (laughs) And until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.